Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jay, and we are back with season two, new name, different space. That's why we're called the Sacred Space. I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's get right on into it. people we are here this is going to be the first episode of season two of a sacred space formerly known as let's be frank um i decided to name it a sacred space just because i kind of already told you guys this but just to kind of give people a recap is because i had started this podcast with the right ideas wrong probably intentions and um I'm very transparent um you know I like to be open and honest so and and transparent so I have no problem being transparent with the fact that sometimes we do things the right thing in the wrong timing because we're trying to feel some type of insecurity some void some type of feeling that's going on inside and I didn't feel good about my 2019 hindsight is 2020 no pun intended um but hindsight is twenty twenty, and I did not feel good about my 2019. And so when 2020 started and you see all the posts and everybody's like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And the fruits of my labor from 2019 are producing this, yada, yada, yada. I wanted to feel good about myself. And although I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because a lot of my posts, I did help a lot of people. Like a lot of people gave me some great feedback, but at the same time, I knew that it was not the right time for this and um, I, I, not the right time that I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Um, and so I wanted to call it a sacred space because I wanted to bring us into a sacred space to have laughs, real conversations, holy conversations about God, because I also was trying to be for everybody and not always bring God into it, but I can't deny my calling. And so that is why we are a sacred space and welcome to season two, episode one of a sacred space. And today we're going to be talking about drum roll, please. I don't know if you guys even heard that drum roll, might add one in, Um, but we are going to be discussing a topic that I have been toying with. Um, It is called Lessons on Love, and the topic is a failed marriage. Um, Before I even get into all of this, I also was supposed to drop season two probably almost two months ago. Again, right intentions, wrong timing. I needed to take a sabbatical. I had moved to Texas, um, Houston, H-Town. Like, I'm officially in the H-Town gang. I don't affiliate with New Jersey anymore. So, New Jersey what? New Jersey who? Huh? No, I'm just joking. But I really do love Houston. I love Texas. I consider myself a Texan because unless God tells me otherwise, this is home. But I moved to Texas in the middle of a pandemic might I add, with a, th- a two-year-old at the time, I drove almost 24 hours by myself. And um, it was really out of obedience for God. But when I got here, I realized that, like, oh, I'm really alone. Like, I'm really alone. And while we're going to talk about failed marriages, my failed marriages, and what I've learned from divorce, I re- was alone for the first time since probably the age of 14 and I have my daughter but she's two and when she sleep at night I started realizing like there's nobody here I'm by myself like I am having to deal and think about some things and so I really needed to allow a process to happen and while I'm nowhere near perfect and I will never be perfect I had to allow myself some time to be present in that and this was just another opportunity for me to feel fill time and fill a void. And I don't want this to be that because, again, I had told God that my intention was to use my voice, to use my testimony, to use anything I do for his good. And that was not for his good. That was so I didn't have to be alone, so I didn't have to sit with myself. And so... That is why this is now episode one, two months later than what I said it was going to be. Um, So I digress. But today we are going to be talking about love lessons and lessons on love. I'm sorry. And the topic is failed marriage. And you're like probably sitting at home like, what? 
what kind of mess is that? You talking about love and then you want to talk about a failed marriage? Yes. You know why? Because the greatest things that I have ever done in life is because I took the time to learn, not from only my failures, but I succeeded at things because I learned from other people's failures. Because I said to myself, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to move forward in greatness by what this person told me or what I either had experienced. I have never done anything great by just being perfect. I have always done great things by being imperfect and learning from it or learning from someone else's imperfections. And that's real. And so today I could talk to you about how to successfully date and how to successfully have a marriage and all this stuff. But first I have to talk to you about the failure of marriage. My marriage failed. I failed at a marriage. I have a marriage certificate and I have a divorce certificate in my lockbox in my house because I now have to use those legal documents. I have to constantly sometimes be reminded of this failure when I want to change something like on my bank statement or I want to change my address or when I want to go get a new license. I have to be constantly reminded of this failure. And while I, it has taken me a long time to get to this point, I no longer look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as a great blueprint on how not I can help myself, but how I can help other people not end up here. And not because they're going to have perfect marriages, but because they're going to understand that marriage comes with failures, but it's who you fail with and how you fail that matters. And so to begin, my marriage failed. And here's one of the biggest reasons why. I always always, always, always found myself resonating with this quote and I never understood why. It's from the perks of being a wallflower. It's a book. It's not a Christian book or anything like that, but it's an amazing book. Um, I think uh, um, it, it, it just really goes into a lot of struggles that some young people are dealing with. And I read it at a very young age and it says, we accept the love we think we deserve. And I just want y'all to let that simmer in for a minute. Let it, let, it, let it sizzle in your spirit. We accept the love we think, we, meaning me, I think I deserve. What love did I think I, I thought I think I deserved? And it's not like I'm about to get on here and tell you my ex was this and my ex was that. And I accepted that because of this. I accept, no, I accepted a love that I thought I deserved. I sought this love because I thought that that was the type of love that I deserved. And a lot of us are trying to heal our childhood traumas and brokenness through relationships and human interaction. And the problem is, is that we don't understand that that's going to fail us every time. I didn't think that I was deserving of a love of that, a love that could, my love that could heal me. I didn't think I was deserving of a love from a father in heaven that could save me, that could really wash me clean, that could heal my broken places. So I accepted human love as the only remedy to the trauma that I was trying to heal. You get what I'm saying? I'm not even going into like the, mis the treatment or the mistreatment that I may or may have not endured. It's so much deeper than that. It's about the fact that I did not think I deserved to be loved by myself. You know, like Mama D said, I deserve, I deserve to be loved. I'm sorry, loving hip hop. Who I be, I, sometimes, I had a past, y'all. I used to watch Ratchet TV, okay? So bear with me. Um, But I did not think I deserved that kind of love. I thought I deserved only love from human interactions and other human beings. And healing truly comes from God and our willingness to heal from within. And the problem with healing is that I know we all hear it like, oh, you need to heal. You need to be whole. Here's a, pro here's a problem that I have with wholeness. It's not that I don't believe in being whole. It's the problem that wholeness is now some, somehow equated to some type of perfection. I do not believe that any of us can be truly whole without God. God only makes us whole. And, and in that, we have to understand that we are still broken in, in ourselves. And brokenness sometimes 
in brokenness, God can make beautiful masterpieces. If you look at everybody in the Bible, nobody was truly perfect. People struggled. I mean, David spent, I believe it sounds like he wrote Psalms, like he was lamenting to God most of the time about his struggles. And so I have a problem with wholeness to the fact that it makes us believe that we have to be perfect, but we can be whole within God, but understanding our brokenness at the same time. And so, um, true, like healing can feel lonely at the same time. If healing can feel lonely. And I know this is like still kind of on healing, but I'm getting to why I feel what, what I learned about marriage and why I failed that marriage. I needed to heal. And I met my ex-husband when I was 16 years old. I met him when I was 15 going on 16. I knew him when I was 14. But before that, at the age of 14 years old, I remember growing up hearing my mom say, don't lose your virginity. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because if you do that, you'll be heartbroken and you'll be sick. So at the age of 14 years old, I decided that I had been through enough pain in my life. I had been let down by men enough in my life. I lived in the house with my father, but my father in his own hurt and his own pain. And I love my dad. Me and my dad have had these conversations and have a great relationship. So I don't want anybody to think I'm dogging my dad out, but it's real. He was trying to fix something with his father that had broken broke him. And in it, I got neglected in the process. And so I had enough, I had been bro- heartbroken enough by men. And so I made the conscious decision at 14 years old to have sex. Not because I wanted to have sex, but because I wasn't going to allow some man to come and sweet talk me. And make me fall for him and lose my virginity and be lovesick like everybody said. So I chose the love that I thought I deserved. I deserved not to feel pain. I deserved to not feel this. So I chose to have sex with someone who was a close friend of mine because I I wasn't going to allow him. I was going to choose who got my heart. I was going to choose who got what this this valuable piece of mine. So I chose at the age of 14 to have sex. And I thought if I do this and he doesn't get to hurt me, then I'll be invincible from the hurt of love and the hurt of being lovesick. That was the, at the time it worked. It did exactly what I wanted it to do. Now I gave away this precious thing that somebody could potentially hurt me with. Now what? Now what is that I fell in love with some other guy and he hurt me anyway. And so, oh, this is not the only way to be hurt. This You can be hurt in other ways. And then I met my ex after, shortly after this guy and I was so heartbroken and so hurt. And I met my ex and I do believe that we both loved each other in our own brokenness, in our own way. Do I believe we had true love? Absolutely not. But I believe we had a, a love and um there were some needs that both of our broken places like there were places he was broken that I wasn't and places that I was broken that he wasn't and places that we were both broken that spoke to those places and we thought we deserved each other we just knew we were meant for each other and um we don't want and people can say oh you're so you go you were so young how would you have known to heal here's a problem that i have with that if i look back on my life there were people who were trying to love me through my brokenness that i wouldn't allow there are children who have seen healthy relationships have had healthy influences even in with bad marriages and bad parents because they allowed it and they have gone on to be emotionally healthy and mature individuals and so I don't want I don't want to create the narrative that because I could have young listeners on here. There's always somebody out there who is trying to love you and help you and give you what you really need, but you're not sometimes willing to accept it. And that's okay, like no judgment. But here's the thing. I thought I deserved this. I thought I deserved to deal with somebody who was as broken as me because then I wouldn't have to heal. Then I could be like, well, we were both broken and we healed each other as opposed to interacting with someone who is actually healthy and healing whole and realizing that I am inadequate. 
that I'm inadequate in this area and that now it's going to have to require some change and change is hard. And so feeling sometimes can, healing sometimes can feel lonely because you feel like you're doing it by yourself. But what happens when you have a, pers- a perspective shift? But I'll get into that more later. And so th- the thing that I learned about marriage was when I finally got married, yeah, we did it. We've been together since we were 16. And now high school sweethearts, like this is like the movies, everything I wanted, everything I wanted, because I had a list and I found that list the other day. And I was like, wow, this list is crazy. But he checked off every box because my broken places were speaking to this list. I wanted him to be, I mean, he wasn't taller than me. He was a little bit shorter than me, but you know, that was neither here nor there. He was light skinned because something in me told me that my brown skin, and not that there's anything wrong with getting with somebody lighter, different race, white, black, you know, it's not that there's anything wrong, but my broken places told me that if a light skinned guy wanted me, then I was worthy. And funny thing is that my father is light skinned and I didn't even realize in this list that I was looking for the love of my father. Um, and so what I learned about marriage was, is that before I even get into how I failed at marriage, what I learned about marriage is that it requires dying to yourself, to yourself. And I had gotten into a relationship with somebody who myself was all I could think about. I wasn't thinking about him. If I'm being honest, I was thinking about the broken little girl who needed to be affirmed every day that she was loved and that she was wanted and that she was seen. And it didn't matter how many times he told me I needed to hear it more and more and more because I didn't believe it about myself. I didn't believe that, that even God felt that way about me. And so I wasn't willing to die to myself that if I didn't hear these things, can I still love this person? If I didn't receive the, if my broken places didn't get spoken to the way I thought this person needed to heal and speak to them on a consistent basis, could I still love this person? I wasn't willing to die to myself. And it requires unconditional grace. See, the problem with with love and relationships is that everybody wants to talk about love. The movie said, and I just knew I loved you and love in this and love in that. I'm big on words. And so I'm going to pull up the definition of love and the definition of grace. And so, first of all, love is a noun. It's a, it's, a noun describes a person, place, or thing. It's a description of something. Love describes a feeling. It's a feeling. And the thing about feelings is they they come and go. And that's the thing that we don't realize in marriage is that sometimes you might not even like or love the person that you're married with, you're married to. And people say that I, I like you, but I don't like you, but I love you. But sometimes even then you don't feel that love. And so love is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal relationship, attraction based on sexual desire, affection, and tenderness felt by lovers. And then grace. Grace. Now, there's a grace that's a noun, which is unmerited divine assistance given to humans for the re- regeneration or sanctifi- sanctification of virtue coming from God. And then that's the noun. That's describing grace. And then the verb of grace, which is the action, is to confer dignity or honor, to confer dignity or honor. I am protecting you. I'm letting go of my dignity and honoring you by giving you divine assistance to regenerate and sanctify this marriage. Was I willing to do that? See, that's the difference between grace versus love. Love is a feeling. Grace is an action. And in marriage, a lot of times that I didn't understand is that marriage has nothing to do with feelings. And relationships, period, have nothing to do with, you know, with feelings. Like, feelings are are so fleeting. I, I have been mad all day for eight hours straight and then all of a sudden been happy. And that's the unstable part of focusing on our feelings versus the actions that we want to put forth for somebody, no matter what we're feeling. I can be mad and frustrated with someone, but still want to cook for them, still be willing to help them out and let have a lending hand, still give them a hug. And even though I'm upset, the, 
still do things? What actions are you willing to put forward for somebody regardless of if your feelings change? And that's what I didn't realize about marriage is that it's unconditional grace, not unconditional love, unconditional grace. And, um, and, uh, and just what else I realized about marriage was that it is a relationship that must be built on the same values and beliefs, not personality, not compatibility, not sexual attraction. It must be built on values and beliefs because at the end of the day, if our personalities change, if our compatibility is all of a sudden off, when things get tough, can our values be the firm foundation and our belief system be the firm foundation that we stand upon in the midst of adversity? We cannot go to war together for our marriage and for our relationship if we are on unstable ground because we will be too busy worried about the fact that the ground is quaking beneath our feet to be able to even focus on the fight that is in front of us. And that's the truth. And... um. You must be truly ready to mesh your life with someone. A lot of us are getting married because we don't want to be alone, but some of us don't even really understand. Like we want money to still be ours. We want our space. We want this. We want that. You have to understand that you're not going to always give with somebody that understands that you want space. You might marry someone who is perfect for you, for you in the, in the areas of need, but is needy and needs attention in a way that you're not used to giving it because you've been alone. You have to truly be ready to mesh your life with someone. You might not be ready because you have all these ambitions and goals that you need that you would have had undivided attention to work on had you not put yourself out there in the dating realm and now you can't focus on it but you're becoming bitter because you chose to take on another life that needs to be able to thrive by your interaction and your intention no you don't get to do that and so you have to be truly truly ready to mesh your life with someone mesh your your finances mesh your 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 issues that you normally could meet up with bay with or meet up with your friends with and then come home and hide now you have to be ready to allow that person to realize that I'm depressed most mornings when I wake up and I struggle to put on a smile on my face and so I might not wake up singing and and shining and cooking pancakes and and bacon and all of that every morning because it's a struggle you have to be willing to allow to really mess your life to allow every this person in in every area and some of us we don't even know what we were asking for I wasn't ready for that I there were things that I was going through with my ex that when I got upset I could run to my house or when I was depressed I could not answer the phone and I would and I didn't have to deal with the repercussions of that or when he had a temper that I wasn't aware of that he he could he could just hide it and say he didn't want to see me that day I didn't know that living with him would bring out these ugly parts of would mean that we'd have to show all the ugly parts and when I say ugly I don't mean that it's bad that you have these things but it's like if if I wasn't dealing with it in a healthy way I could hide that but now is my my unhealthiness is affecting someone else's life day in and day out now um and it requires sacrifice. And I know we hear people say that it requires sacrifice. Love requires sacrifice. Sometimes you have to sacrifice, blah, 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 blah. This is the thing about marriage. I realize that it doesn't require sacrifice of anything good, but only things that are bad. It require, And when I say things that are bad is that it requires you to sacrifice your stubbornness. It requires you to sacrifice your willingness to your opinion your opinions your on your 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 what you call brutally honest your bluntness it requires you to sacrifice those things that may not that are not always good for someone else's well-being it requires sacrifice love will never require you to sacrifice anything good it won't require you to sacrifice your purpose your calling your gifts your talents your givingness your heart it will never require you to sacrifice that but it will require you to sacrifice some things I'm gonna. I, I didn't know that lo, that I was opinionated. I didn't know that I was um, that I was. Uh, I I didn't know that I was opinionated. That I, I didn't know that I was stubborn. Honestly, until I got married, I thought I was always easygoing. Being in a marriage required me to realize that I was that I I could be stubborn. And that I can be opinionated and not always have, not always know the right time to share my opinions or my beliefs. And that I didn't always have to talk about everything that was going on in the world and how I felt about people. Because that honestly can bring down the house. That I can have, that I can just 
we can read a, can we read a book together can we watch a show i didn't know that i that i um struggled with um like be, being cheap I, I have a giving heart, but I struggled with sometimes being cheap and, and not towards him, but towards myself. And in turn, I, I let myself go in areas that he probably may have wanted to see difference. And again, I'm not saying that I messed up my marriage and me and my ex are not reconciling because there was deeper things and things that I'm not going to get into, but just know that I was released in every way, even according to the Bible, God released me from my marriage for the, for, for the reason that God says that we can be released. So no, I'm not saying that these things just played a hand and I should have fought for my marriage harder. No, it was, it was done. But I learned these things, had some of these things been different, maybe my marriage would have survived, but I didn't even take the time to figure out these things before I got married. That's the thing. And so how I failed out of marriage was that I was still an eight-year-old girl looking for the love of her father in a 22-year-old's body, and I thought I was grown. See, some of us, our driver's license says we're a certain age, but our emotional maturity and our mindset is still stuck on the stuck in that very same age in that very same place where we realized that we were hurt and that we were injured. And so I was eight years old walking down the aisle to marry another eight year old or six year old or whatever, whatever age he got hurt at. And we was both two kids making big, big, big grown up decisions. We had no business. I would never let an eight-year-old get married, and I had no business getting married at eight years old. I was not 22 years old married. I was eight years old married. And when you put that kind of pressure on a child, that kind of responsibility on the child, it is a recipe for disaster. Um, I wanted I wanted healing, not a relationship. I want and not and I, I didn't I didn't want a relationship. I realized that I wanted him to heal me. I wanted him to heal the broken places of my heart. I didn't want a relationship because a relationship is give and take and a, a relationship is a bond and a connection. We spend a lot of our time talking about our hurts, trying to correct our hurts, trying to correct our parents' mistakes. We were very, honestly, very miserable, if I'm being honest. We were not happy. We we, we wanted each other to, to fix what was broken. There was no relationship there. Um, now, I'm not saying that we didn't have good times, but there was no action. Like, now that I look back on it, I what did I have in common with him besides my brokenness? Honestly, truly. And so um, I didn't want healing. I wanted a relationship. And I didn't want accountability. I wanted affirmation. Because when you are in relationship with anybody, they will hold you accountable to your dreams and to your calling. The reason why I'm on this podcast now is because my friend Stephanie checked me about it. Because I wasn't going to come back. I was going to allow the enemy to you to tell me that I didn't need to do this. To allow how I started it to be how I finished it. And my friend said, no, you still are supposed to speak to the world. So you didn't start it out the right way, but God's going to finish it the correct way. And I'm here because she held me accountable to who God has called me to be. I couldn't even hear accountability because my heart was my heart and my, my soul was so broken that if it wasn't affirmation, it wasn't what I wanted and it wasn't what I needed. And relationships, they do not need to always be reaffirming us. They need to be holding us accountable to the greatness that we are called to be. Because then when we reach the level of greatness that God has called us to be, he, we are affirmed in him. We are affirmed because we are walking in our calling. So our relationships are holding us accountable to the to be firm and to be stand tall in what God has called us to do. And I didn't want that. I wanted affirmation. I wanted you to tell me every day why I was not worthy of the love that I thought I deserved from my father because he couldn't give it to me at the time. And even sometimes my relationship with my mom, like there were things that went on that I, I didn't understand just a lot of hurt. And my, and like I said, I love my parents. We've had this conversation, um, but there were a lot of things that I just was so broken about that I did not get from them. Um, and I became disappointed. And the image and the fantasy that uh, that my brokenness created quickly became dismantled um, before my eyes. And I started to realize that this is not what I really really wanted or really needed. My brokenness had created an image. My brokenness had went on social media and saw this thing. My brokenness told me that we needed to be couple goals. And I'm going to get to couple goals in another episode. 
Me and my ex were somebody's goals. Let me be clear. There is no relationship out here that you should be idolizing. You can admire it. You can be like, wow, that's something I would like in my relationship that I saw. But don't ever think that you want to be exactly like this couple because you don't know what people are going through. And some people aren't going through anything bad, but it's just that every part of that relationship you might not like, you might not put up with, you might not want to deal with those things. And so um, I created a fantasy in my head and it quickly got dismantled before my eyes, not only by um, by myself, but by him, he didn't live up to who I expected him to be in my mind. He didn't live up to who I needed him to be because of where I was at in life. And I got disappointment and disappointment is a recipe for a disaster because of expectations that we set that first of all, we didn't go to God about and we, and it wasn't ordained. I had an expectation And I was disappointed and disappointment led to bitterness and resentment. And I stopped being able to forgive, not just him, but mostly myself. I stopped being able to forgive myself for making a mistake that I was not equipped to handle in the first place. I was not equipped to make this decision because I was a child making big girl moves. And I'm not saying this to speak to myself in a in a bad way. I'm saying that I couldn't even forgive myself. But the problem with you realizing that you were a part of the problem or the mistake is that most of the time it's hard to beat up on yourself. So it's easy to blame everybody else and beat up on others. Um, and so I've stopped being able to forgive. I forgot that marriage was a covenant before God. See, my ex was a Jehovah's Witness and what you believe is your business, but I believe in Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. And that was the problem right there. That was one thing. Like I said, your values and your beliefs have to be the found, the firm foundation in which you could stand upon when you it's time to go fight on your marriage, fight for your marriage. And so my ex was a Jehovah's witness. And, um, I didn't make this covenant with God. I didn't even get married in front of somebody who could speak into our lives on our wedding day, who could speak into, we didn't have accountability partners. We didn't have people that we, we didn't have elders that could pour into us who had, who were married, who had been married, who had been divorced, whatever, who could walk us through this. We had nobody, nobody praying for us. And fighting for us because we just got married the way the world told us to. If you're happy, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. The thing about happiness is that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a temporary emotion. Joy is something that you get even in the midst of a storm. You could be you could be going through something financially. You could be going through something physically. You could be going through something mentally. But for some reason, you are still in a good space. You 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 have kept your peace that passive all understanding. That is joy that you can still laugh even when you should be crying and balled up and depressed and worried and stressed out that you can still go take a walk at the park even though you might be suffering with depression. Depression you depression does not have you. Those are the things that the world tells us to do. So I'm happy. This makes me feel good. Feel, feelings again. And so I didn't make the covenant before God. I made it before my, my happiness and happiness, happiness fled. And so did, so did my, my marriage. And, um, I realized that I didn't know me good, good versus bad. See, I got married and I, and I was the pick me type girl. I've always been that girl. Pick me, pick me. Cause I think I wanted my father, um, and my mom and you know, just other people that I feel ever chose me to pick me. And so I did everything in my power to people please. But what I realized was, and I heard Ayala Van Zandt say this is that, I was a martyr and martyrs are angry people. You know why? Because we spend a lot of our time trying to please other people instead of saying what we need and it makes us angry. So we keep doing, hoping that somebody sees me, somebody who sees that I'm holding them down and that he'll pick me because I gave him good advice because I told him I support his dreams, no matter how crazy they sound to me. Um, And so pick me. And so I stopped knowing me good and bad. I stopped knowing that I didn't know that I struggled with depression to the point that it could affect someone. I thought, I thought my depression would be cured once I got married. I thought it would be cured once I got pregnant. I thought it would be cured. I didn't know that I had a temper. I have a very bad temper. I didn't know that. 
until I got put in a situation where I had, I could either choose to calmly deal with it or choose to blow up. And I blew up. I blew up. And so I didn't know the bad parts about me. I didn't, I didn't know the good parts about me, like that me being tall isn't a bad thing, that God didn't curse me because it's always something that people talked about. Or I didn't know that, um, that my kindness in the same breath that even though I am truly a kind person and that my kindness doesn't make me weak. I didn't know that it was a good thing that I could cry, even though everybody told me it was bad growing up because it means that I can, I I was able to deal with some emotions at least. I didn't know that, um, that I could pray down the house and that that was a good thing, that it was a good thing to know that I had the gift of intercession and that, um, that I was creative and that I had a business mindset. I didn't know the good things about me either. I didn't know me. I know, I know what I wanted people to tell me who I was. And that is why I failed at marriage. And I really think that a lot of us are entering relationships from broken spaces and broken places. A lot of us are taking dating serious too serious and not serious enough at the same time like I know that sounds like an oxymoron if you ever did hear one but some of us are are acting like we marry when we not and then in the same breath not 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 realizing that there's some red flags coming up or that there's some red flags with inside of us that are coming up or not not taking the time to be alone and when I say alone I mean with God, like you ever say, I need some alone time. I need some me time. God needs some you time. Cause there's some things that he wants to speak into you. And the thing is like, I'm not perfect. Like I, for like the last two months, haven't really been reading my Bible. I just been trying to get back into my Bible because I couldn't hear God. Like I, I, I was in too much pain. And so like, I, I want to come to you guys in real time about what I'm dealing with. Cause I think a lot of us in the world of Instagram posts and Facebook posts where everybody's like, this is going on. And I love this person and we're pregnant and we bought a house and I'm out of debt and da, 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 da. I think that we need to come to a place where I think a lot of us are craving a real and raw interaction with somebody just, just to hear somebody say, I'm going through it. I see you. I am you. I hear you. And so what I'm bringing to this space is transparency, authenticity, and realness. Because guess what? The enemy can't torment me with anything anymore because I'm not afraid to share it. I have no secrets. I'm divorced. I want to get married again. I have been sitting here for the past two months wanting to be with somebody because being alone in this apartment is hard. Even though I failed at a marriage already, that is one of the reasons why I wanted to be in a marriage. Not because I'm ready, not because God said so, none of that. It's because I didn't want to be alone. I hear you. I see you. And so this is why I want to tell people why I failed at marriage, because I want you to understand that some of y'all need to break up with somebody today. And some of y'all need to stop texting somebody today. Some of y'all need to delete y'all dating apps and not to get to a level of perfection, Not to get to a level of perfection in this wholeness movement that everybody's been talking about. While I do want you to be whole, but to go sit down with a therapist for six months and give yourself time to heal, but to go sit down by yourself and and write a list about what do I really like to do by myself? Because guess what? You're going to get with somebody and realize I don't like the things that you like. And when they ask you what you like, well, what can we compromise and do? What do you like to do? You're not going to know. You need to sit down with yourself and write a list of things that you like. Write a list of things that you've done that you don't like. Find out, write a list of things that you know, that you have come to know about yourself. Call some friends up and say, hey, honest moment. What is one thing that you really think I need to need to work on right now? What is one thing that you're like, that you've been wanting to tell me that I, I that you haven't told me? What are some things that you think I have good qualities about? You need to know these things because at the end of the day, once you know these things about yourself, for one, in a marriage, sometimes we can hit below the belts and somebody can't use that against you because you know that about yourself. Somebody can't manipulate you if you're in a situation that's toxic with these things because you know that about yourself. The enemy can't manipulate you and abuse you about it because you know these things about yourself, but also because now you can take the time to work on it. And even if you meet somebody along the way, because like I said, 
perfection is not real, but progression is. You can say, hey, so we've been dating for a while. I struggle in these areas. And I don't know if I'm ever going to 100% be like, fully rid of this area, but I want you to be aware that like I struggle with depression. For me, I just found out that I have ADHD and it explains so much, but I'm going to talk about that in another episode as well. Um, but now that's like a conversation that I can have with someone is like, I have ADHD and so I struggle in this area and I take medicine, but like I, I realize now that that's why like school was hard for me. And that I get sidetracked and that sometimes I can look up and my whole house is in a disarray because I've jumped from place to place. And so like this, this is me and I, and I need grace and I need love in this area. And like, can you handle that for the rest of your life? If that doesn't change about me, like those are the type of things that you need to realize about yourself so that you can bring that to the table with somebody instead of only worrying about what good. The movies love to highlight the good about somebody, but I read somewhere one time, like I, I love reading books and novels where this girl described how she, why she loved this guy. And in it, the first things that came out of her mouth was that I like how I love, I like him because even though he's a little more entitled than he's entitled and, um, even though he thinks he's not and that he that some of the work that he does is good, he's actually very entitled. But I love the fact that he's trying and that I can have conversations to bring forth his entitlement. I love that, you know, that even though he's stubborn, um, when I need him to when I need a stubborn person, he can be there for me. And when I don't, I can challenge him and still feel safe. Like I want to know in a marriage, why you love me? Like, what about my flaws? Do you love not about the good things? Cause we can, we can easily love somebody who does good things for us. But like, I have friends who are like persistent and who, who, who are sometimes intrusive, but what, what I love that about them because sometimes I need you to be persistent with me because I can be stubborn and not listen. So I need you to persistently challenge me so that I can do better. I need you to be intrusive because sometimes I hide what I'm going through and I need you to come up in my space and get in my face and let me know that I'm seen and that, no, you're not going to go through this by yourself. You're going to go to therapy and we're going to talk about this and we're going to, and we're, we're going to walk you through this. I, I love my friends because of their flaws. I have one friend who she feels like, oh, sometimes people say I talk too much or I tell really long stories, but I love that about her at the same time. Like, even though sometimes I'm like, okay, here you go with your stories, girl. But I love it because sometimes I just need to get away and escape. And she tells the best stories and knows how to paint the best pictures. And so what about our flaw? What about your, what about the, your spouse's flaws or this person in your relationship's flaws do you love? I love that you like, like to like some people call it neediness, but there's nothing wrong with needing attention. I love that you like to have attention. And though, although sometimes it's not always the best fit, I, it makes me feel needed and it makes me feel wanted. And I love that you're vulnerable enough to express the fact that you need attention and affection. These are the things that I have learned about marriage that really needs a focus on. And that even like, even though this thing drives me crazy, it might be some things that you don't love that I can still live with it. And I can accept that this is just a part of you. And if it doesn't change, like it's okay. I'm just going to still love you through it. Let go of the the Instagram posts and the perfectionism of marriage because marriage is not perfect. It's not easy. And I know y'all know this, but I think you needed to hear from someone who has failed at it, why it's a beautiful thing, but what what you need to figure out about yourself before you jump into it before and before y'all even and and like I said, some people are out here dating like they're in, like they're married. Okay, so before you even get into a relationship, before you decide that you really want to be in a relationship, ask yourself, am I am I a relationship person? Or am I just bored? Like, do I need to start taking into account that maybe I want a relationship because I think that that's what everybody's supposed to do. But like, if I'm being honest, I like my space. I like my money. I want to grow my business. I want to travel. I want to explore things. And I don't really want to settle down and have kids. And even if I get married, like, I don't really want 
like somebody in my space all the time. Maybe I should just start saying that I want relationships, that I want friendships for when I do need company and need time and that stop looking at it always as that I need to hold hands with somebody and kiss somebody to feel full, that I can feel full and just being around good people and having good food and and good music and whatever. And, and maybe that's what I'm looking for is just companionship. Those are the things that I want y'all to really take home today. And so just to kind of recap what I learned about marriage, it requires dying to yourself, unconditional grace. It is a relationship that must be built on the same values and beliefs, not personality, compatibility, and sexual attraction. And you must truly be ready to mess yourself Mesh your life with someone else, and it requires the sacrifice of the bad, but never the good. And so I pray that this helped. I am going to do probably three parts to this. So this was marriage, love lessons on marriage. Um, and it was kind of divorce too, but I do want to talk about like love lessons on divorce as well. Um, and the next one installment of this, I guess you can call it a series, is love lessons on um love lessons on on dating and I'm gonna do one on singleness too like I know I kind of got into it but I really want to dive into these things but before I go like one thing about love and marriage is that the bible even says in first corinthians 13 4 is that love is patient love is kind love does not envy boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable resentful it does not rejoice on at wrongdoing but rejoices with truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things and endures all things love never end as for prophecies they will pass as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass And, um, you know, this is kind of getting into other stuff, but love is patient. Love is kind. Patience is an adjective. So it's the describing of a noun, basically. And it's bearing pains or trials calmly without complaint. How I've learned in marriage, too, is that sometimes we get into nitpicking. You're doing this and you're doing that and blah, 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 blah. Next time I get married, next time, next, because I do believe that God is going to grace me. He's going to show me how much he loves me through action is to send me the love that I thought that I might've missed being out of obedience. But, um, patience is bearing the pains calmly. And I don't, I want to be able to speak up and let somebody know what's hurting me and what's bothering me. But after that, I want to be able to calmly wait for God to move after that. And I think a lot of us are trying to force people to be something that they're not. And sometimes we're in pain because we're not in relationship with somebody that we need to be with. And it's not really that the person's bad or what they're doing is bad, but because it's not good for us and our future. And you need to know the difference. But sometimes the pain that we're going through is growing pains. It's it, And are you going to wait calmly and patiently for God to move or are you going to constantly kick this person and tell this person what they're doing wrong and how they need to change and how they could do better because it benefits you again dying to yourself because of what you want and what you need and not that this person might need grace to grow from this area it's kind um kindness it's a noun but it can become an action once you give it it's um Kindness is united by common traits or interests. Um, I don't really, I'm sorry, y'all. I thought I looked up a good definition of this. So this says the equivalent of what has been offered or received. So giving kindness um, to someone is just offering them your your generosity offering them the good parts of you even if they don't deserve it it's doing something for somebody without the expectation of something back and self-control also how many of us have the self-control to die to ourselves and to control ourselves enough to do what's not in our best interest but what's in the best interest of someone else and what god has told us to do in this marriage Self-control is the restraint exercise over one's own impulses, emotions, and desires. Love is 
dying to yourself. That's really what it is. It's an emotion, but when you put actually when you put action behind it, it's 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 so sacrificial. And I don't even think we realize the lengths and how we wake up a lot of days, especially in the area era of social media, thinking about me, me, me and what I can get. And when you stop, then how you stop thinking about you is when you start thinking about God. God, what do you want from me? Do you know how hard it is to trust a human being that you can feel and touch and kiss and love, let alone trusting a God that you cannot see, but that you know exists, that you believe exists? How you, how you can start practicing dying to yourself is dying to God first, dying to what his will for your life is and what you want and, and surrendering to what he needs you to do. And I'm just preaching to myself because there's some things I need to die to for God. And so I don't want to get any more long-winded than I have to. I'm sure this is like 45 minutes long or so, but I really just hope that this blessed y'all. Um, we are back. I am in covenant with Jesus and ordained and authorized, I believe, by him until... He tells me otherwise, and we're gonna talk about some real things, like some real. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about some real stuff that might step on some people's toes. And honestly, it's not an opinionated thing where I'm trying to offend people or take shots. It's some things that I think people need to hear in this season that we're in, and that some people need to start rising up and understanding about themselves. Because I think a lot of us just need some things and. God does not have me go through anything for my benefit because this a lot of stuff this stuff has not benefited me in ways that I wanted to. I'm going through this stuff because somebody else out there needs me to go through this um so that they don't have to or so that they can know that they're not alone and that is called service that is called selflessness because I understand that and so it's okay for me to go through it as long as God brings me through it. I don't want to die in it, but i i I'm willing to go through it. If on the other end, I can help save a life from going too far. If I can help save a life to come to Jesus. So I'm done talking, y'all. I'm not going to talk anymore. I hope it blessed y'all. And yeah, like I'll see y'all next episode. Like we out. Peace. <laughs>